Today on Stick to Football, we preview the two-team conference that calls itself the Big 12. But really, there are two teams in the Big 12. We're going to break them all down, guys. We have one of the more like sneaky, fun interviews we've ever done. Connor and I talked to country music recording artist Justin Moore. And I kind of thought, Connor and Mello, welcome to the show, that I was going to be like, oh, like, this is just one of those things. The dude comes in, he's famous, we interview him, blah, blah, blah. No, he knows college football. Like, he was a blast. Stay for the interview. It's one of the best we've ever done. I mean, it was he was awesome, and it, I mean, you want to talk about a diehard fan? He's got twenty season tickets there for every Razorbacks game, so he knows his shit, man. And we had a really good time with Justin, so a big thank you for him to come on the show. And we are not going to be previewing the SEC though, because we already did that today, boys. I know you're excited. I'm going to let you take the reins here. We are previewing your Big Twelve. I am excited. Mello is just going to shit on our team. The whole show. So I think a lot of people expect me to go full homer and just talk about the Texas Longhorns all the time. But I'm I'm not as high on this team as I think a lot of other people will be. I think there are a lot of holes on the defense. And I, I don't know if they're going to be one of the top teams in the nation. And I don't know if Texas is back to that caliber yet. Well, let's just jump into it so that we can get this fight out of the way. Because I do want to spend some time with you tonight watching preseason football. So... We'll see what happens. Number one seed, guys. Let's predict it because um, we actually do get a Big 12 championship game now. Oklahoma won it last year over Texas. So number one seed this year will be Oklahoma, will be Texas. I'm going to take the Longhorns. And I know everyone's like, man, it's a homer. Listen, Sam Ellinger. Keontae Ingram, a veteran offensive line. Colin Johnson returns at wide receiver. They've been recruiting their asses off. Yet there's been a lot of turnover on defense. I'll give you that. There is. But this is a very good secondary. There's still a lot of speed at key positions. I think Texas, in this year of Tom Herman, is a better team than Oklahoma, who just lost another number one overall pick, another Heisman Trophy winner. They lost Kyler Murray. They lose Marquise Brown. I know CeeDee Lamb's coming back. But they also lost... The entire offensive line, except for the center, who's a redshirt sophomore. So they're replacing four dudes up front uh, when it comes to the offensive line. I think that's the difference. So I got Texas as the number one seed. And I like where your head's at, Matt, and I really hope that that's what happens. But I'm not going to go all scorched earth on you like everybody on Twitter does to us. I, I hear you. I think... The Oklahoma is going to be the better team. I think they are going to come through with that number one ranking. Uh, what they're doing, what Lincoln Riley has going on in Norman is maybe just a little bit too much for the Longhorns right now. So I'm going to have them, Oklahoma, coming in as that number one seed. I don't think it will take Jalen Hurts long to get used to this offense. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do, especially with the running backs and receivers that they have at Oklahoma. I think they'll reload on the offensive line. The defense is going to be absolutely atrocious. But I think that they can score enough points that that won't be a problem. Yeah, I went with Oklahoma as well here. I'm sorry, Matt. I'm sorry, Mello. Don't worry. I think it's close. I just think when it comes down to it, Lincoln Riley is one of the best head coaches in college football, and he is loaded with talent, especially with what he does best, and that's calling plays on the offensive side of the football to score points. C.D. Lamb, just maybe one of, if not the best wide receiver in the nation, special, truly special. Multiple, multiple talents in that backfield Uh, Jalen Hurts he'll be fine in that system he really will so I think this Oklahoma offense is going to be firing on all cylinders as they have over the last three years and that's the most important thing in this conference the number two seed and I think we'll just talk about the other team here uh, I'm going to take Oklahoma here's my thing and I know that we got 
caught with this last year because they said, oh, we don't know if Kyler Murray's going to start. Then he started and won the fucking Heisman Trophy and was the number one pick in the draft. But there have been reports that Jalen Hurts might not be the starter. So do we believe it? No. Two years in a row? No, not at all. This is, I think, just something that Lincoln Riley is going to be known for doing and just waiting. I I like the young kid that they brought in and Rattler. I think he's going to be very good as well. But this is Jalen Hurts' job. Like, There's probably some backdoor promises going on that if you come transfer to Oklahoma, you're going to be the starting quarterback for this year. I think everybody knows it. Even if you do say there's a quarterback competition, uh, he's going to win that job. And my number two seed is going to be the Texas Longhorns. I think this is a two-team conference. It it has been for a very long time, and I think this year it's even even more different because there are a couple other teams here, but it really it's going to come down to Texas and Oklahoma, and I think the Longhorns will be that second seed. I think they will be too. Now, what I like about Texas is, in comparison to Oklahoma, they bring a little bit of a different style, I think, in this conference where they can line up and punch you in the mouth. I think they have that from their quarterback and Sam Ellinger. I think they have that from a defense that has some attitude now behind it with Caden Stearns. I love that Colin Johnson returned. I can't say it enough how important that was, not just for Ellinger, but for the entire team, because he's somebody you get down to the red zone. You have your trust in him. So Texas, they're not going anywhere here. I think they are right in the thick of it in this conference, and we're going to get a good old bloodbath, boys. We're on the tailgate tour down in Dallas for Oklahoma versus Texas. Yeah, that's going to be it's going to be interesting. I've never seen Texas win that one in person, so hopefully hopefully that changes hopefully this, year. this is the first year for it yeah conference winner time this is a big because like we said last year uh, texas won the red river shootout but lost the conference championship game and really you know as texas fans i'll tell you when they won the the red river shootout i was elated i was jumping up and down like a kid on christmas morning or like someone had just won the lottery i was so happy but to lose the conference championship game felt like someone had kicked me right in the balls like right steel-toed boots so i would rather lose the red river shootout and win the conference championship game than vice versa so i'm taking the longhorns to win the conference i think sam ellinger's the difference here sam ellinger is a better quarterback than jalen hurts he even losing little jordan humphrey i know that's like a lot of catches that they lost losing andrew beck is gonna sting but i think keontae ingram and we're gonna talk about him a little bit later i think he is a in the making so I think we're going to see a little more balance in the Texas run game I, I do I think this year Lincoln Riley I, I can't remember when you said it he's one of the best coaches in college football I wish he would go to the NFL he's that good I think Tom Herman has his number this year yeah the entire country is saying that about Lincoln Riley not just us here and this is where I'm going to throw a curveball at you because I do have Oklahoma coming in as the number one seed but I do have Texas winning the conference I think the difference in these two teams is going to be the depth so I do think Oklahoma is going to win the Red River rivalry, which sucks because we're going to be there for it. But the most important thing for our Longhorns is that they do win the conference championship. And I do think that Texas can. The depth there, Sam Ellinger running the ball. They're going to get Ingram going. The offense is going to be good. If After you get some of these members of this young defense going, I think they will start to peak in late November. And that's why they can, can beat the Sooners when it really matters at the, at the Big 12 championship. I'm going to be honest with you guys. This was one of the tougher conference winners to pick. I, like, I picked Oklahoma, right? Oh. I, I took the okay, – I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't feel great 
about it. Like, I, I know it sounds crazy. I picked Georgia over Alabama. I really feel good about Georgia this year in the SEC. Even when we did the Big Ten, I know people love Michigan. I feel really good about Ohio State this year. I don't feel that great about this. I'm very 50-50. It's very 60-40. I think I'm going with Oklahoma because they've shown me it so many times over years, going back to what that head coach in place can do now, some of the star talent they have returning. But Texas has some of that too right now. They really do have a lot of great players returning. So I took Oklahoma here, but I'll say this. This conference when you talk about being completely up in the air, it, it truly is right now. Yeah, and I'm, I'm actually with you, Connor. I think that these two teams split this year. I don't think we'll see either team go 2-0 and versus each other. And this conference has to do something with this seeding that they do. They need to just split it up. I know that they only have two teams, but it drives me nuts that they you can reface you know an opponent in the conference championship game like this. You're saying that because you're a Texas fan. We got our ass kicked. No, they just they <laughs> need to make it north south. So oh, it, yeah. it just that's the way that it should happen in the Big Twelve. I don't care if you put Oklahoma and Texas on different sides. If you put Oklahoma in the north, you can still have that rivalry every year. Other conferences do it. The fact that there's a seeding is just, it's ridiculous. Oh, the Big 12 stupid anyway. Teams on the come up. It is weird. <laughs> right? I'm taking Maddie Campbell and Iowa State. Uh, last show, we were talking after we actually hit stop when we were recording that time, and we were talking about, oh, this, is, this isn't a great conference. Who are we going to pick a team on the come up? And I'm like, I call Iowa State. I call it Dibs Give me Matty Campbell because I believe in him that I much as a head coach. Even with David Montgomery gone, I still think this is going to be a really, really talented team. I know, like they last year, they went eight and five. People weren't that excited, but they returned eight starters on offense, eight starters on defense. I, I love this team. I think Brock Purdy is uh, the improvement that they need at the quarterback position. Um, and they, they are going to be solid on defense. They're going to be very good on the offensive line. And I, I think Campbell's one of the best young coaches in football. Your answer is 100% correct. And and really, I don't even know if we would disagree on you know putting another team in there. But I am going to pick a different team. And I'm actually going to go Texas Tech. I like the hiring of Matt Wells over the offseason. A lot of people are talking about Jordan Love and the draft community and, and what he can do and how special he can be. Matt Wells deserves all the credit for that and what they did with the offense. And I think it took a lot of balls for Texas Tech to go and fire Kingsbury, who was the quarterback and was supposed to be the savior there with Tech. But they go and get a great offensive mind. I really like the program that he started to build at Utah State. And this is a guy that left his alma mater to take on the Texas Tech job. I really like Matt Wells. Uh, it sucks that he's going to go to Texas Tech because that is kind of, I guess you would say, a rivalry of my team. But I do like Texas Tech. They they return their quarterback. You know the offense is going to put up points. They return a, a good couple members of that defense. So I do think that if you're making me pick somebody other than Iowa State, I'm going to go with Texas Tech. If your team is coached by a Matt, then you made the teams on the come up list in the the Big 12 because <laughs> I went with I went with Baylor. I thought Matty Rule was going to be coaching my New York Jets this year, but he's going to stay and keep stacking the chips at that Baylor program. I really like your guys' picks. I mean, you look at, I, I've said it for years now, it feels like, or at least the last year with Matt Campbell. I wanted him to be an NFL coach. He's very comfortable at Iowa State after that Ohio State job got filled. So I look at Baylor 
I mean, what Matt Rule has done, that team was 1-11, and then they win a bowl game last year. I think they're just consistently trying to build that program back up after, it, let's be real, I mean, they were kind of lucky to have a football program with what went on there with Art Bryles right now. Matt mm-hmm. Rule is a notorious program builder. What You look at what he did up here, whether it was at Temple, and then you look at now going down south and doing it at Baylor, that was no easy task to take on. I don't think a lot of people would be able to do what he did down there for Baylor. So I think it's only going to continue to get better for them. Most overrated team. I'm actually, I wanted to take Oklahoma just to like, just go full, you know, villain, but I'm not stupid. I'm going to take TCU. I've seen a lot of people picking them to finish third in this conference, and I don't see it. I like Jalen Rieger a lot. I really do. Um, they, and they have a good pass rusher whose name just escaped my brain. I don't know. I can't think of it now off the top of my head. Is <laughs> it Wallow? Garrett Wallow? I think that's who it is. So yes. um, they have a couple guys. I don't think Gary Patterson's that good of a coach. I think he gets too much of a reputation as being this great head coach. They went 7-6 and six last year. They had a quarterback controversy, basically. I just I don't see it with them. And I like, let me back up. I like TCU. I'm not like anti the state of Texas outside of Austin. I really like TCU. I really had a good time down there last year. I think they got sweet ass uniforms. The Horn Frog is one of the best fucking mascots in college football, but I just don't think Gary Patterson's that good of a coach. I'm I'm kind of with you. I do think Patterson is a good coach, but a lot of people are talking about maybe even TCU could win the Big 12, and I don't see that. And I'm actually going to, I have to, clarify my pick here too because I have my most overrated team as Baylor but I 100% agree with everything that Connor said I think that they're just a little bit ahead of the curve and they're setting the bar too high they're going to come in and win some games because they play Stephen F. Austin UTSA and Rice so if they don't start the season 3-0 and there are problems and I think a lot of people are going to say okay we're 3-0 and we're going to get things rolling I just I don't know if that's the case. I think they're going to struggle week four when they have to play Iowa State. They're going to lose to Texas. They're going to lose to Oklahoma. There's just going to be some things there. So they are a program that's building, that's on the come up. But at the same time, I think they're overrated. So both of those things can be true. And I went with a little bit of a surprise here in, in Oklahoma State just because I look at a lot of different previews and they're projected as one of those teams that after Oklahoma and Texas, it's them. And I'm not that confident, guys, that it is, that it's this surefire. And I mean, none of us had them on teams on the come up right now. Now, I do think you look at their offense and they are very, very talented at the skill positions. Wide receiver. We're going to talk about that on our scouting list. I don't want to spoil it. Running back as well. I just wonder if they have the juice on defense to really be this lock as a top three team in this conference that they're projected as, or the only team that's not named Oklahoma or Texas, you know, to take a shot at them. So I I think Oklahoma state is a solid football team. I I don't think they're this surefire potential powerhouse in this conference that they've been billed as recently. Such a hard place to play. Like it really, that's what they have going for them. Like Stillwater is just a very hard place to play. Uh, Hey, I want to surprise you guys and our listeners with something because um, one cool perk of my job is I get all these Madden codes to give away. So I thought, why don't just like throw one in the middle of the stick to football podcast. So whoever listens to this first tomorrow, if you have a PlayStation four, put this code in and you get a free copy of Madden D as in dog D six, two a N as in ninja, N J H A P P. There you go. You get a free copy of Madden on PS4. You're welcome. 
Guys, the last two Heisman Trophy winners have come from the Big 12. You got Baker Mustache Mayfield. You got Kyler Murray. Will it be three in a row? If so, it will be one of these three players, we think, with the best chance to do it. I'm going to just stay a homer here and take Sam Ellinger. 41 total touchdowns last year, only five interceptions, and he played hurt. I think we have to remember that. He was not himself the second half of the season with the shoulder injury. I think Sam Ellinger could put up the numbers if Texas wins this conference. If they, well, not we wouldn't know because conference championship games the night before the Heisman uh, ballot basically is announced. So if he plays well enough that Texas is in contention as a top five team at the end of the year, I think Sam Elger can win a Heisman Trophy. It's going to be tough with Tua and Trevor Lawrence and Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift. There's so many good college football players out there, but I think Ellinger being at a premier program like Texas, and when Texas is good, all of college football pays attention. I think that could help him. Yeah, and I'm going to stay right with the school that you talked about before. I'm going Oklahoma because I guess you're just going to make me be a homer for them. Uh, Jalen Hurts <laughs> working with Lincoln Riley. I think that you have to at least mention his name. He's a guy who's already had a lot of success. I've said it before. I think that he's a more successful quarterback than what Baker Mayfield was or Kyler Murray was coming into their time with Lincoln Riley. I know he doesn't have as long to work with Lincoln Riley, but I think this is a very good quarterback who's going to actually throw show that he can throw the football this year in that Oklahoma offense. I want to apologize. This has turned into the Oklahoma, Texas show, but I also want to take back that apology because when your teams are good, they get talked about a lot on the conference. <laughs> sorry, preview. not sorry. That's, I was, I loved how this is this. I love our listeners. One of our listeners that's a Rutgers alum said like he was, he like wanted us to make fun of Rutgers. Like they weren't good enough to be in the preview at all for the big 10. He's like, but damn, I couldn't even get like a, a laugh at them. So I, I went with CD lamb for my Heisman hopefuls here. Uh, this isn't the Heisman prayers. This is the hopefuls and lamb. If you're looking away from the quarterback position, uh, you guys have number one and number two right there. I totally agree with you. If you get away from the quarterback position in this conference, Lamb can be literally elite kind of numbers here, just rare kind of wide receiver numbers. Now that Hollywood Brown, and I know they have other players in that offense that are going to take some volume, but now that Hollywood Brown is moved on to the NFL, the ball's got to be going to CD 12 to 15 times a game. It doesn't matter if he's covered. He's catching the ball over everyone, whether it's a one hand or two in traffic, what he does after the catch. C.D. Lamb, if anybody, and I know I love Justin Ross, I love Jerry Judy, but if there's a skill player or a wide receiver in the country that has a legitimate chance to be in the Heisman conversation, because of the volume and the conference he plays in, I truly believe it's C.D. Lamb. Let's look at defense for Heisman. Just hashtag it. Send it to us every week. We're going to give you the three guys that playing defense should get some Heisman looks, or at least could. Kenneth Murray is going to be my pick at linebacker, only because I thought I might as well take Oklahoma for something on this damn show. So Kenneth Murray last year, he was a tackling machine. He was like the water boy out there. 155 tackles, four sacks, eight and a half tackles for a loss, two pass breakups. Now, I don't know about him as a prospect yet. I want to see a little bit more fluidity from him. I think he could be a little rigid at times, can be a step slow instinctive-wise, but we saw guys like Devin White really take that next step in his third year last year in terms of instincts and diagnose time. So I'm excited to see what Kenneth Murray can do. He's going to have monster numbers. That much we know for sure. And really, I mean, like he's 
all they have on defense. I mean, well, Trey Brown's not bad, but I mean, he's like all they have. If you're finally going to let me talk shit on Oklahoma, he is the only person on that defense that can tackle. So he might actually have like 200 tackles this year. I'm not exaggerating. Like I, he could have 200. Yeah, he right, really might. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And Connor did beat me to the punch. He put in Caden Stearns before I could. So I was racking my brain trying to think of a third guy that I could mention for our defense for Heisman. There's not one in the Big 12. I'm sorry. There's just there's no defense here. So I'm stealing Connor's guy before he can talk about it. You know, I'm going Caden Stearns. He looked very special at the beginning of the season last year. And if he can come back healthy and grow as a second-year sophomore guy, he's going to be a very good safety that we're talking about for a long time. So I'm going to steal Connor's guy and go Caden Stearns. Uh, shit, you're the Texas fan. You ain't stealing nothing. It's fair game on that one. I I love this player. If you've listened to the show for a long time, you know that I fell in love with this player when I was down at the Army All-American Bowl that year when he was in high school. And I looked at him and I said, this guy has the kind of attitude of something close to a Jamal Adams and the skills to be one of the best safeties in the country one day. And that was in high school. And you see him take the field as a freshman for Texas last year. And you go, shit, we ain't even got to wait anymore. He's good to go right now. So hashtag defense for Heisman. Caden Stearns, my friend, you are the face of that in the Big 12. Yeah, I mean, and it really is bad. I know people are going to tweet at us or they're going to leave iTunes reviews and be like, what about this guy? Come on, y'all. Like, Well, the scouting list. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get we'll there. Get right, there. And it's, it's, it's a Heisman up. thing. There are some good safeties. I like the guy at Iowa State, Eisworth, I think of his is his name, but I don't think that he's going to be in position to win a Heisman trophy. And I don't think that anybody else... In the Big 12, if you're not playing at Texas or Oklahoma, I really don't know if you have even have a shot at all at winning the Heisman. All right, let's do breakout players. Uh, a guy that I know the staff down at Texas has just been raving about, and I mentioned him earlier, is Keontae Ingram. We're going to see him really carry the load. I, I think we see Texas get back to having a 1,000-yard rusher, which we haven't seen since Dante Foreman was there, which wasn't that long ago, but it'll be nice to see someone carrying the load. They've raved about he's gotten bigger. He's incredibly fast. They like his vision. I think we even see him get involved in the passing game a little bit as a check down with little Jordan Humphrey and Andrew Beck gone. They're going to have to implement him more, uh, make him more of an all around weapon. He caught 27 passes last year. So there's definitely some potential there. So I think Keontae Ingram is a name to keep an eye on as someone who he's not going to lead the nation in rushing, but I, I do think there's a decent chance. He has a good year and jumps to the NFL. I mean, I just hope he leads his team in rushing. That that would be great. Take some of that pressure off Sam Ellinger. I'm going to go with a different school other than Oklahoma and Texas here. I'm going with Oklahoma State's quarterback. The guy I think is going to win the job is Spencer Sanders. He comes in as a very highly recruited guy that they really like at Oklahoma State. I think they go ahead and give him the job. I know there's some competition there with a guy like Drew Brown, but I, I think that Sanders can do it. He's an exceptional athlete. Something that we really haven't seen a whole lot of at Oklahoma State, not in a long time. But I think Gundy, with him being a redshirt freshman, is going to get his hands on him. And this offense could still look exciting with a guy like Chuba Hubbard at running back, Tylen Wallace at receiver. They can still do enough, even if they're not really in competition for that Big 12 title. And I went with, I talked about how Oklahoma, there's going to be some volume opening up in that offense. And I know they have plenty of good wide receivers. They're going to run the ball a ton. Jalen Hurts is going to be asked to come in and take care of that football, but he'll also air it out. But Grant Calcaterra, I mean, he can really be their red zone guy. Six touchdowns last year, good hands for a tight end. I think we're going to see the ball go his way a lot more. And I think he can be a double-digit touchdown guy in an offense that, 
I mean, they just pump out passing touchdowns all the time. So I thought he was pretty good last year with what he's been asked to do. But I think this year you can actually see some breakout kind of numbers, even at the tight end position in college. Yeah, I mean, he was a guy last year you would see him make splash plays and be like, oh, yeah, like it, it's there. Yes. He's, he's poised to break out. And I, I do think they we've seen it before. They want to use him in that offense. Offensive players to scout. Uh, Mello did the rundown this week and. I think we're in a fight. I don't know what's going on. He gave me the offensive line in the Big 12, which I, is like a running joke. Womp. <laughs> I told you guys, like, hey, I just randomly put in the positions that we're going to scout. So, like, don't get pissed off at me. I mean, I'm going to have to talk about linebackers. you got to talk about the Big 12 offensive linemen. So There's just not. I mean, have Creed, fun with both of them. Yeah, really. Creed Humphrey's a redshirt sophomore center from Oklahoma. He does look really good. He's their one returning starter on the offensive line. I like him. And then Zach Shackleford at Texas is probably like a day three pick at center. After that, boys, uh, Jack off. Anderson at Texas Tech, I guess, at guard. And then, uh, yeah, that's it. Like that's it. Just like a real prospect. I could give you a list of names of guys who start and are upperclassmen, but j- just as draft prospects, there's not anyone. It's it's not a good offensive line conference. I'm sorry. Yeah, and everybody always kind of talks shit on the Big Twelve, but they might be right actually. Like after we do a deeper dig into it, it that's kind of the case here. I have quarterback and running back. The two we've already mentioned, Ellinger and Hertz, I think you do have to scout and see what they can do. I'm still not sold on either one of those guys as a pro prospect. I think you could throw in some other names. You look at Charlie Brewer, the quarterback at Baylor. He threw for 3,000 yards last year. Matt Rule and that coaching staff could develop him into something special, or he could go back to Baylor for another season. Another guy that I would keep an eye on is Austin Kendall, who was at Oklahoma and was with Lincoln Riley. He's now at West Virginia. He's going to get the opportunity to play early there. Maybe he can develop into something. He's still a little bit undersized. As far as running back goes, still not a whole lot there, too. This is a young conference. There's a lot of good young players like a Keontae Ingram, like a Kennedy Brooks there. I think that Trey Sermon out of Oklahoma might not be the starting running back there, but might be the best running back in that conference that they have. Chuba Hubbard at Oklahoma State, who I mentioned earlier, he's going to be a redshirt sophomore, but he's still a guy that... I think that he probably comes back for another year at Oklahoma State. So the top running back for me is going to be Trey Sermon out of Oklahoma. And thank you, Mr. Mello, for giving me the wide receiver position in this conference yeah, yeah, because it was up. a lot of fun. I could have kept everyone here all day, but there was five that I thought really, really earned this and, and five from different schools. And for the people that are sick of Texas and Oklahoma, let me get those ones out of the way. You've heard all about CD lamb from Oklahoma, Colin Johnson, uh, he's got wingspan, like small forward kind of wingspan out there. He really looks like a small forward in pads. It's crazy the kinds of catches he can make in traffic and and really just that catch radius he has. But Matt said it earlier, Jalen Rager on TCU, he's one of the most electric football players in the country with his quickness, acceleration, and speed in that TCU offense. When you're watching TCU this year, you should be watching them for not, we're going to get to it, they're secondary, but also for Rager. Those the two things with the Horn Frogs this year. Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State, huge year last year. I believe he went over 1,400 yards. That's not going to stop this year. He's not going to slow down. That offense is just made for wide receivers and running backs to put up huge numbers. And, and, and Wallace is somebody with a lot of talent. And speaking of the same situation, Denzel Mims on Baylor is another player that I'm watching. So 
when you look at the skill players in this conference, yes, we always talk about the inflated or exaggerated offensive numbers that come out of the Big 12, but there's a lot of talented, fun players to scout at these position groups. You know where there's not? Defensive line, which is what you guys also gave me this week. So um, it's just, it's not good in the trenches for the Big 12, which I know is shocking. It's a quarterback, running back, wide receiver conference. Um, uh, The top guys, I guess you would say, and they are so far down the list for me, um, Texas Tech's Eli Howard is okay. I mean, again, we're talking like sixth, seventh round pick is where I would have him right now. If you go to the defensive tackle group, defensive line guys, Ross Blacklock at TCU, not bad. Corey Blethley at TCU, uh, James Lynch at Baylor, uh, Neville Gallimore at Oklahoma. But there's just like, it's just not a position group where you're looking at the Big 12. You're looking at the SEC and the Big 10 when it comes to D-line play. Yeah, or even the ACC. It's just the Big 12 is weak on defense. I've got linebackers. We already talked about Kenneth Murray. I think that he's the real legit uh, linebacker prospect out of this conference. I, I have to mention the Iowa State defense, though. We talked about uh, their coaching staff there and what they have and what they're missing on offense. They have a very good sneaky defense coming in, too. And their linebacker, Marcel Spears, he's undersized, but he's also probably going to be an all-Big 12 linebacker. After that, uh, there's really not much as far as prospects to scout. There are a couple guys who might be underclassmen who could step up and do some things uh, that the Texas linebackers, they lost a lot there. There's nothing really there. Oklahoma, Kenneth Murray, that's it. TCU, maybe you have some sneaky guys come out uh, that I haven't watched yet. But as far as the guys that I actually I know and I've seen so far, it's, it's Spears out of Iowa State and it's Murray from Oklahoma. So I have the defensive back group here, and and like you guys went through with the defense, this is not the SEC. This is not necessarily the Big Ten in terms of the volume of prospects here in August. Now, that can change throughout the season. A lot of names will make their way up the list, but two that really stuck out for me. I talked about the TCU secondary before. The main guy in that group is cornerback Jeff Gladney. He was phenomenal in coverage last year. I believe he had double-digit pass breakups. He's a, he's a lighter corner. He's probably he's listed at six foot, which means he's probably 5'10", 5'11", 183, so a lighter corner, a feisty corner. Really liked what he did in coverage last year. So if you're watching TCU and they don't have the ball, which means you're watching Jalen Rager, keep an eye on Gladney. The other is a Texas guy for me. Caden Stearns, we raved about him. He's not draft eligible yet, but the guy in the secondary with him, Brandon Jones, a safety. So Texas has some talent in that defense, some draft eligible talent in that defense. Jones is going to be a guy to circle here in the Big 12. Welcome back to Stick to Football, everyone. And me and Matt are very, very excited because we got a special guest in studio with us. This guy just had an album come out recently, Justin Moore. Justin, thanks so much for being here. How's New York treating you? Everything good? Everything's great, man. I, the first and foremost, thank you for having me. I appreciate the platform and the opportunity. Good to talk some sports with you guys. And uh, no, New York's been great. I, I could not live here. Uh, <laughs> you know, being from uh, a town of 300 people in, in central slash South Arkansas, but uh, love visiting here for, for three, four nights at a time. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm not even going to waste any time. Let's cut to the chase. How are you feeling heading into this season? Cause you're Justin's a huge Razorbacks fan. Just for our audience right now, we have a huge college football and NFL yeah. audience and Obviously, you know, a little bit of a growing season last year. Are you are you feeling optimistic going into this year? You know, I think there'll be more growing pains, if I'm being completely realistic, obviously. Um, Coach uh, Morris is in his second year of trying to um, implement a, a completely different culture than what was there previously uh, from a 
style standpoint, you know, Coach B wanted to ground and pound you with the biggest yeah, O-line there was did. and all that. And and uh, Chad wants to, you know, have more speed and spread it out a little more. And uh, But all that being said, man, I'm, I'm optimistic that we can show vast improvement over a two and ten team last year. I, he, uh, Coach Morris, recruited really well. Probably, I'm 35, man. Probably, not probably. He recruited better than uh, I've ever seen in my life, and that's you know having the difficult season that we did have. And so, I think the roster, although is it's very, very, very young, I think we have maybe 52. I think Coach Moore said. Uh, freshman at SEC Media Days, and that's yep. including redshirt freshmen. Um, but I definitely think there's there's some more talent geared toward what Coach Morris wants to do. So I think for me, the realistic goal would be to somehow make a bowl game and continue showing progress to the recruits that they're on for not only this year but the 2021. How tough is it? Because, I, I mean, you and I, aren't, we were just talking before, we're not from that far apart from each other. I'm a Texas fan. How hard was it for you to, like, stay loyal, like uh, loyal to your soil, like Ed Oliver would say, and stick through some of these tough years? I mean, because you and I, we're the same age. So, like, Darren McFadden, you know, when you guys had, like, the great run game, it's really been a dry spell since then. Have you ever been tempted to be like, you know what? I'm going to be a Volunteers fan because you're probably in Nashville yeah. more than you are oh, home. Hell no. <laughs> it ain't never been that bad now. Um, no, man, you you know, you, you understand that these things go in cycles. I mean, throughout my life, we've been really good for windows of time, and then we've been down for windows of time. And, you know, uh, you mentioned when Coach Nutt was there, we were really good with uh, beginning with, like, Sterner and Anthony Lucas, and then we – Moved into the Matt Jones era, and we were really good. Um, and then, obviously, the McFadden era. Um, and then with Petrino, man, we won 30 games in three years. I mean, I, I went to a BCS game. My wife and I went to the Sugar Bowl in, I believe, 09 or 10 or something like that. But, yeah, we won 30 games in three years. You know, we were ranked top five for those few years. And then he falls off the motorcycle and everything goes to hell. Um, <laughs> real but quick, real quick. That, that being said, it it's been a really difficult six, seven, eight years. And I know, you know, you being a Texas fan, you guys had a, a much better year last year, and looks like you're on your way back. But the the six, seven years before that, they're tough to endure, man. They really are. Yeah, and, and I know you. Y'all go ahead, Matt. I say, I mean, it's not like I'm going to jump ship and be a Missouri fan, so I don't really have an option. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah. No, you get, I always say I have a big, you know, our tour bus, I have a big Razorback on the very back of my tour bus. And so I can't go peel it off. You know, I fly the flag in the good times and in the bad. So if they won a natty, would you get a tattoo? I might get one without one. Okay, that. there we go. Let's do it. I I would. Um, I I remember the '94 basketball national championship, and we've been close uh, in baseball last few years too. Uh, which I think that's more of a win rather than an if that happens, because uh, Coach Dave Van Horn has that role and that program rolling. But uh, I think everybody. Somebody asked me earlier, are y'all more of a football school, a basketball school? You know, Arkansas, um, and this may be the homer in me, but we've proven we can be pretty good at just, just about all three of the big big sports. And so I've seen a basketball one 
I know we're close in baseball. I would love to see a football one. And so there's no – be honest with you, buddy. Ain't no telling what the hell I'd do if we uh, if we win a national championship. I, it may be worse than a tattoo. I kind of hope we find out now. And, <laughs> and I, I know uh, you're obviously you know, a fan because you're ties to the area. But do you have like a favorite memory growing up with the team that that was when you're like, no, nah, this is like really the team I care the most about? Well, when you grow up in Arkansas, and I don't think um, it's any different in a couple of different – states in the sec alabama mississippi missouri now um we don't have i guess missouri does have the cardinals uh st louis cardinals yeah. but we don't have pro teams in some of the states in in arkansas being one of them in the sec so that is our pro team our college team and in the team <laughs> in, yeah in arkansas's case it's you know there are a couple of other schools who have done well in their respective conferences but they're lower level obviously uh non-power five uh conferences arkansas razorbacks is what we have and so we we eat sleep and breathe it and so it's not something you think about it's just you come out of the womb calling the hogs and, and there's no question of whether or not you're going to do that that's calling the hogs. That's that's amazing. So do you like being in the SEC or is it because I can remember when Arkansas wasn't in the SEC. Yeah, I can definitely remember that. So do you like this now where you have to play, you know, I got you playing the best teams in the country year in, year out. Even if you're out of conference, it's easy. Like then you still have to go in and play all the great schools in the SEC. That's a really great question. I was actually a funny story. I, I've told this a couple of times over the last couple of weeks, just on some of these shows, sports shows. I was actually in attendance as probably seven, eight, eight year old, maybe um, uh, our last Southwest Conference yeah. game in in Little Rock against Rice. And had no idea what it meant, but I remember chanting along with my dad and 50,000 other Razorback fans, SEC, SEC. And uh, that was our last game in that conference, and uh, we won it, fortunately, and then went into the conference. And it's a difficult question or answer uh, to that to that question because I think we probably – Let's let's be honest. If we weren't in the SEC, we probably would have been in the Big Twelve, yep. and geographically, it probably makes more sense. We to talk be about honest this a lot. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and so, and so, um, I think we probably had a chance to have had more success over the last. You know, we've been in the conference now for since '92, so we would have had much more success, in my opinion, had that been the case. Um, but it also is. When you do win at a high level, which, again, it's been few and far between, but I have seen us do it, it's it's somewhat more rewarding, I think, because it's such a gauntlet. Yeah, I could definitely see that. It's yeah. it's one of those where, like, you take the pride in being in the SEC, and they're going to build it back up. Right. I mean, even you just see Morris, you were saying they're one of the youngest teams in the country. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're outside the 100 in the experience chart. They're yeah. not even in the 100 for experience, so... It's going to be interesting. We do something we do at Stick to Football each year. We go out on the road, not like as much as you, but I would say like <laughs> 10 times a year for yeah, games. We do, we do a tailgate tour, and uh, it's it's our version of college game day. It's yeah. except much more rowdy, much more unfiltered because we're not on television, so we can right. do whatever the hell we want. Right, Matt? Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
we got to ask you, if we do a Razorbacks game in the next couple of years, would you be our tailgate guest? Come that? on, man. Come Let's... this year. All right. We, Matt, we're making a change. I'm calling it right I now. I can drive down to there. It's fine. It's an hour for me. Let's go. <laughs> I don't know where you're supposed to be the first week, but I'm actually I'm a, a foundation member, and I, okay. I, I, for I guess this would be about the fifth or sixth year I've played a concert in conjunction with a game to benefit the Razorback Foundation. Awesome. We're doing that August 31st, which is the first game. So that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm there for sure. All right, I go well, you to heard it, folks. I go to a lot of the games uh, in Fayetteville. We have season tickets and the whole bit, and we take our we have small children. We take the girls and. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally in. I'm free. Just DM me, you know, <laughs> DM me those passes. I'll, we'll be there. Don't worry. You we'll bet, man. It, we'll make it work. <laughs> so I, I do want to know though, because, because like you said, um, you guys went to the SEC, you know, 20 some years ago. Who's your rival? Do you consider it to be like LSU? Because that's kind of regional. I don't, does Arkansas have a true rival there's not that like ohio state michigan hatred is there you know i i think you're right i don't know that there's a cut and dried uh rival and i think part of that is because of um you know i think where we are geographically is part of that um but, you know they're trying to create this mizzou rivalry but it's just Nobody really cares, um, you know. Maybe this year because Kelly Bryant's there, and yeah. he was. It was looking like he was going to go to Arkansas. Maybe that'll kind of ignite a fire. But I don't know. It's going to take some, not only some stuff on the field, but some stuff off the field to kind of create a rivalry. I think um, that actually matters. Our rival, you know, I, I mentioned the Southwest Conference, and and. I would I would say Texas and LSU are in the same boat with this. We hate Texas and we hate LSU with a passion and want them to lose every game to everybody uh regardless. Um you know, Texas was our Southwest Conference rival if I'm not mistaken, we were the only non-Texas school in the Southwest Conference and you know, I just remember my dad searing it in my brain you, you hate the longhorns sorry matt yeah that's just the way, the, way, the way it was and we were one of the only schools in the southwest conference who actually uh could could beat texas uh at multiple sports um nobody else really could and then we move into the sec and our rival became lsu and you know we won our fair share they won more than us but we won our fair share of games and in football and um, that was a really special game for us for many, many, many years, and and we, you know, uh, played that on Thanksgiving or the day after Thanksgiving, and it was a big game. And then, of course, they pulled it, and they're trying to do the A and M LSU thing now. And now, so to answer your question, if there are uh, rivals for just strictly an Arkansas standpoint, uh, they would be Texas and LSU, but. I don't know if you ask a Texas fan or an LSU fan if they consider Arkansas as much of a rival as we do them, if that makes sense. No, it definitely makes a lot of sense. That's where we're going to be week one is Texas against LSU. Yeah, it's going to be a great environment. It's going to be really lively. And, you know, I, I want to say on this show and make sure to say congrats on the new album, Thank you know, you. Late Nights and Long Necks. Obviously, that's is this your fifth album? I it believe? is. Man. It's hard to believe. That is yeah. cr- absolutely crazy. It is, man. It's uh, I'm excited about it. I appreciate you mentioning it. It's uh, what I believe is our, our best album, which every artist says every time they put an album out. But I'm 
actually uh, I actually believe it this time. Uh, I've just <laughs> lied to people for 12 years, telling them the other ones were, but uh, I'm kidding, obviously. But um, it's our most traditional uh, country album to date, and um, glad it's finally out. Man, it feels like a long time in, in, in waiting. With a new album always comes, I feel like, a lot of touring, obviously, promoting yeah. it. But it, me and Matt were talking about this before the show. We always ask people like weird questions in their profession that we would never know the answer to. Yeah. What do you do to kill time on the tour bus? Man, I either watch westerns for okay. for all all day on the bus. Um, I like watching movies, but in particular westerns. Play a lot of golf. Um, it hasn't improved my game, but I love getting out and playing. <laughs> the efforts there, and uh, pretty much anything I can do to to hold off my drinking until an, about an hour before showtime. Because <laughs> if I'm if I'm real bored on the bus, I'll just make me a drink, and then I'll continue to make me one every time that one goes empty and by that time uh rolls around where i'm i've got to go on stage it's i'm not in the shape that i need to be in uh, that's me on the tailgate tour what's your drink of choice when you're chilling <laughs> on the bus you know man lately it's been vodka uh, tito's with uh yeah. whatever i can find i my, my new one uh, that you guys need to try out um and and this may be totally false but i like to I, I like to try to talk myself into this being reality is uh, is Tito's and Gatorade so that I'm while I'm dehydrating I'm you're hydrating rehydrating at the same Smart. time I don't know if that actually works yeah, but in your head it's it makes working. me feel a little bit better about what I'm what I'm doing I've heard Tito's and lemonade I was gonna say Tito's and that, that might be uh we might steal that for the beginning of the tailgate tour yeah. we're on hot places man grape like, is perfect. Okay. In it. I don't know what it is about the grape, but I like grape in it. It's, there's your. Uh, we should do tailgate tour tips with Justin. There Moore. you go. This we man lives it, man. the tailgate tour for his I'm life. I'm a professional drinker. So. I just play music for fun, man. <laughs> I absolutely I, love that. I feel like I need to. I'm changing my Twitter bio to I'm a professional drinker who writes about football because man, <laughs> we need there to hang go. out with you this guy, Connor, one. away from the microphones. I think we could have some fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's I, wonderful. I, I, oh, go ahead, Matt. I do want to ask before we let you go, because, I mean, are you intentionally making people cry with this single you put out? Because every time I hear yeah. this damn song driving down the highway, I'm tearing up. So is this on purpose? Was, you just hate all of us? That was, that was certainly the goal. Uh, <laughs> no, man. It's. I tell you what, I feel, I feel blessed to... to have uh the ones that didn't make it back home become a, a big record for us and be the first single from this album and do so well for us a lot of people uh artist wise don't have the opportunity to have one of these songs that that really is as impactful on people's lives who are you know dealing with the loss of a loved one or something that really helps them through a difficult uh stretch in their life and and not only do we have this one but a song that we had out like eight years ago called if heaven wasn't so far yep. away and i've learned with with both of these songs that uh it, as special as it is and as as fun as it is to experience having a hit record it's even more special uh when it when it you know has a really positive impact on somebody's life so i i, I feel very very fortunate to to be able to say that when you make a hit song like that so far in advance of the album, do people drive you nuts of, hey, when's the album coming? Like, do you get like 8 million of those a day? Mostly my buddies back home. Oh, really? You know, okay. kind of deal. Like, hey, they could reach you. Hey, yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm like, dude, I'm the last person to know anything. <laughs> Hell, course. I don't know when it's coming out. Uh, Sounds familiar, right, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know. I mean, people. 
people think that I'm making all these decisions and they're just dragging me around, leading me around by the nose going, do this, say this, do that. But I don't, the only thing I'm in charge of is the music. Now, when it comes out and the order and this, I have no idea. Sounds familiar. I'll tell you that. (laughs) It does. So August 31st, uh, I'll bring the Tito's. We're going to hang out in Fayetteville is what it sounds like. Come on, man. We might be doing it. More than welcome. I mean, man, I'm down. Uh, before we let you go, we we had one last question for you because we didn't get to it with all the football talk. Favorite Arkansas player of all time? Oh wow, football's got to be McFadden. Okay, I mean, I, mean that's I, special, I know that's special. easy. Um, uh, basketball player would have to probably be that's tough, but probably uh, Corliss Williamson, who was on the national championship team. Uh, baseball, Kevin McReynolds. I mean, that's oh. a you got that's, three. that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was ready to go. I so, was thinking just football, but I'll okay. rock with that. No, I like it. But uh you know, football Matt Jones was special. So good. Um you know Jarius Wright was was really he good. Was Joe good. Adams was yeah. really good. It's almost like Felix for, gets forgotten about a little I mean, and bit. And Peyton Hillis. So you had right? McFadden, Peyton Hillis, and Felix Jones in the same backfield. It's unbelievable. How we did I mean, we did pretty good during those years. We got to an SEC championship game yep. and and uh, muffed a punt that cost us that game against Florida. Uh, but, uh, yeah, how we didn't do better is beyond me with that, that crew in the backfield. It's, I mean, that might be the greatest college backfield of all time, those three. It's up there in terms of three-headed mob. Yeah, It's got to be, at least in the conversation for, I'm not going to say the best of all time, but it has to be, if you have that conversation, it has to be discussed i would say well justin thank you so much for joining us i know me and matt were really excited to have you here have you on the show because we love when we have people that aren't necessarily working in the same industry as us that are just killing it elsewhere obviously music for you but love football like we do so and love drinking like we do so that was pretty cool so uh we we know you're getting dragged around everywhere we we wish you the best of luck promoting the album Uh, we love it and uh best of luck on tour this year thank you i really do appreciate y'all having me man this is fun and uh, we'll have to do it again and anytime y'all want to come hang out on a tour bus or at a game or whatever in Fayetteville please don't hesitate to holler at me we're going to take you up on that offer yeah we are thanks guys (laughs) draft on draft time Tyler Warden wants to know which Spencer has the better college career Rattler or Sanders I've answered this question a couple times because we've been having some technical difficulty so here's my very original answer guys I'm going to take Rattler because that's a badass last name oh Andy's pretty good at football and I'm picking with the I'm staying with the Oklahoma guy here. We practiced this. I know. I've said it three <laughs> times now. Technical difficulties. Rattler and Lincoln Riley together. I think that's going to be one dangerous combo for years to come. I think he's going to sit this year, probably redshirt with that four game thing they have going on. I, I can't pick against Lincoln Riley right now. I love Spencer Sanders and I, I really like Gundy and what they're doing. I think both guys are going to be very successful. But for me, if I'm betting on it, it would be Spencer Rattler. I'd go with him as well. I was laughing with you guys uh, on take one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, but for real, <laughs> uh, that he's just such a typical Sooner quarterback. You look at the build, the smaller build, bigger arm. Fuck it. I'm going to go with Rattler. Yeah, I think that's a safe choice. Just go Lincoln Riley when all else fails. Chris Whelan, between Miles, Brown, Kleeman, and Wells, which first-year coach to the Big 12 do you see having the best year? Melo, you talked about um, Miles. You talked about Wells, Wells. earlier. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like Matt Wells 
as well. Look at that. I'm going to go with him. I, I think he's also set up in a good position. They, you're going to throw the ball 90 times a game, score a bunch of points. Nobody fucking plays defense in this conference anyway. Just go have some fun. Yeah, I, I'm going with that one too. I actually, uh, I think Les Miles has the worst season there. I don't see this working it's out Kansas. in KU. It's just, it's not going to happen. You can't make KU football happen. But I would take Matt Wells first. I don't want to power rank the rest of them. I'll take Les Miles last. Yeah, this is one of those stick to football segments where we're just like, we agree, we agree, we agree. But I, I once again, we don't want to be wrong here. So I'm going to go with Wells. I think he's coming into a situation where uh, I, I don't want to say thrive necessarily might be the perfect word for it, but to at least have some instant success. Yeah. Next question. Pat Chamberlain. What's up, Patty? Always showing up. Who are some 2020 draft eligible Big 12 guys that you think are flying under the radar or being slept on? I think we kind of covered that before. We kept this in here, though, because I really do think that CeeDee Lamb and Jalen Rieger are being overlooked a little bit just because of how good Jerry Judy uh, and everyone else, basically. All the other receivers. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Ruggs. I mean, there's just so many good receivers. T. Higgins, LaVisca Chenault. CeeDee Lamb is... I, I like CeeDee Lamb more than I liked Marquise Brown. And he was the first receiver taken last year. Yeah, and we really haven't even talked about Colin Johnson yet. I don't think he's being slept on at all. Uh, I think he's a big target. I actually, I need to correct myself because Kennedy Brooks is draft eligible this year. I, I don't think that anybody's sleeping on them. Uh, really, I don't know that there's anyone out of this conference. Maybe some of the defensive guys. I will say that, that maybe we're very hard on the defense and what's going on. They will produce some prospects maybe not your day one day two guys but we'll see some talent come out of the big 12 on the defensive side i think for me it's it is a defensive player and it's somebody i ended one of the last segments with and that's jeff gladney you're looking for corners each year it, i'm not saying gladney's around one corner and we've talked about a couple of those already in these previews but you look at a player that can be maybe a day two kind of corner because of how sticky he is in coverage. I really like what Gladney can do for the TCU secondary. He's got good size, and that's that's the first obstacle. Obito, can C.D. Lamb be a first-round pick with Hurts as his quarterback? And yep. is, yeah, Yes, <laughs> next. And is Lincoln Riley going to turn Hurts into a pass for a signal caller? I don't know that you can ever force that square peg into a round hole that is making Jalen Hurts a thrower necessarily, but I think he will make him more efficient. Like Baker and Kyler Murray always had natural talent as throwers. It's like he didn't reinvent the wheel there. If you turn, if he turns Jalen Hurts into a legitimate NFL quarterback, I will, I'll worship him. At the throne of Lincoln Riley. If he turns Jalen Hurts into a throw-first NFL quarterback, the NFL will throw millions and millions of dollars his way until somebody eventually makes him go. And he's probably going to end up on the Cowboys anyway with Jason Garrett being in his final year, and there already being some rumors of that that not working out last year. Uh, I don't know that he can make him into that, but we'll see. And if he does, he will be a rich man. CeeDee Lamb, I'm going to steal Connor's answer, was the best receiver on that Oklahoma team last year. I kind of want to do a segment now where Lincoln Riley tries to turn us three into adequate quarterbacks and see how long it would take him because I think this man can can pretty much make anyone. I think you could have Melo there pretty quick. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Last question of the show, and it's a good one because if you've been following BR Gridiron here at Bleacher Report, it is video game week, and I heard that Madden game is out today. So this one from Carson, what is your favorite football game ever? I don't know if he means video game. I don't know if he means regular game. Why don't we answer both here? My favorite regular game was the 2005 Rose Bowl. Yeah, that's an easy, <laughs> that's an easy one. And favorite 
like video game, it's got to be NCAA 14. I don't know very many sports titles that people are still playing six years later. They're just That's updating crazy. the roster. I think that has to be the number one video game of all time. I, I'm going to say NFL 2K5, but it, it probably hasn't aged very well. Like I feel like NCAA has actually aged pretty well. I know we talked about NFL Street a lot on this show, and and that's another one I'd be curious to see how it aged. Favorite football game ever? Uh, for me, it's when the Jets beat the Patriots in Foxborough in the playoffs with Rex. When Rex is just running down the sideline, Fat Rex is running down the sideline. That would probably be my favorite football game ever. Yeah, favorite video game for me is actually Tecmo Super Bowl because I'm old enough to remember games before Madden. And that's, I learned so much about football by playing those games. Uh, Madden 95 was a big one for me because that's when you could start adjusting rosters and trading people and stuff. That was big. There was a, there was a Madden where you could be an expansion team with the Browns. That was a great one. That was a really cool one. I think that was the first time they did the expansion thing. I think you could do it with the Texans as well. But when they did it with the Browns, it was really cool. I liked both of those years. Yeah. All right. That is our show. Thank you for your patience, Mellow and Connor, because this was a doozy to get through. We just want to go watch football. Wasn't it. our fault. Football's back. We will be back Monday morning breaking down uh, the Pac-12, I think. I don't yeah, remember. You look at me like I made the now. list, but you did. Back to it'll be the, the ACC. ACC. Yeah, so it's, it's the ACC, but we're gonna okay. It's, it, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we're gonna talk college football Monday morning. It'll be a great show, guaranteed. I'm moving this weekend. Mello's gonna help me. He just doesn't know it yet. Uh, and Connor, go drink some beers, buddy. You, you've earned them. So we'll talk to you guys Monday morning. Mm-hmm.